Hello, everyone, and welcome to Encourage Your Heart. Thank you so much for spending just a few moments of your time with me. I'm your host, Felicia, and I am honored that you chose me to be your voice of encouragement for today. Now, listen, the moments that we spend together are going to be filled with lots of love, lots of compassion, transparency, raw emotions. It's going to be a few laughs and quite possibly a few tears. But my hope is, well, you guessed it, to encourage individuals by sharing real life experiences and gaining an understanding of biblical principles that we can apply to our everyday life. That's right. It's a spiritual devotion filled with true encouragement, and it all awaits you in just a few moments. Today for our release, we're going to concentrate on our breathing. We're going to take a few deep breaths in, and then we're going to release them as we release the tension, maybe frustration, maybe we need to cry a little bit, or maybe we just need a moment to just sit still and be in the present. And as you inhale, Make sure that you listen to your breaths. Focus on how long the breaths are and how deep they are and the sound that you hear. Focus on how you feel as you take those breaths and focus on what you're releasing. And as you continue to breathe, make sure that you're mindful of what you need in this moment. Make sure that you're intentional in this journey. Make sure that you're present. Prepare yourself to release those fears of failure and propel yourself forward into your faith. Welcome to Encourage Your Heart. Um, If you're new, I say welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're returning, I say, hey, I missed you guys. (laughs) Glad you're back, okay? (laughs) Today, we're going to continue our journey into our fear of failure versus forward in faith series, right? Um, Over the last two weeks, we've introduced several practical points that will help us to do just that. Um, On the first episode of this series, we talked about how we needed to, number one, be honest with ourselves. Number two, how to capture our fear and release our confidence. Number three, how to believe in the power of Christ that's within each and every one of us. And then on the second episode of the series, we discussed how we should 
walk, uh, not walk, but work through our fears. We can walk through it and work through it. Um, number two, how to tell God how we truly feel. And then number three, how not to let where we come from keep us from progressing. We can continue to dive into this. And I am so excited because we are just getting started with the story of Gideon. And this can be found actually in the book of Judges, chapter six through eight in the Bible. And today we're going to unwrap uh, three additional practical points that will help us do just that. And that's conquer our fear of failure and move forward into faith. Stay tuned. So we left off with the encounter of Gideon and an angel of God. And the angel told Gideon that he's a mighty man of valor, which means he is a man of courage, which was totally opposite of who Gideon believed himself to be at this particular moment. And the angel told him, hey, I need you to go and save Israel from the Midianites I need you to know that you're going to go with the strength that you have because God is with you. But listen, (laughs) Gideon was not feeling that. (laughs) He was not feeling it. And the reason why was because Gideon had been overcome by fear due to his enemies terrorizing him for so long and terrorizing his people. And I need to mention that, remember, the angel found Gideon hiding out in the caves and in the strongholds, right? And he had to do this just to be able to eat and survive. Homeboy was scared. And all of this fueled his fear of failure in completing the very task that God is now telling him that God wants him to accomplish. So as Gideon is telling the angel the reason why he can't do what seems to be an impossible task in his own mind, The angel tells him, surely God is with you and you are going to crush the Midianites. And so Gideon tells the angel, "Okay, well, if I found favor in your sight, I need you to show me a sign. So that brings us to our first practical point, and that is ask God for a sign. It's okay if you need to ask God for a sign. I mean, in the book of Isaiah, if we go to chapter 7, verses 11 through 15, there's this conversation that the prophet is having with um, Ahaz. And he says, Isaiah tells Ahaz, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God and ask it either in the depth or in the height above. And Ahaz was like, I'm not asking for no sign. I'm not about to test the Lord. And so Isaiah was like, listen, it's a small thing for you to worry men, but you ain't going to worry God. You're not going to worry God also. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel and curds of honey he shall eat and he'll make he and, and woman, how do you say it? And said he'll he may know to refuse evil and choose good. God is willing to strengthen our faith, guys, by showing us signs, just as he was willing to show Ahaz. Ahaz didn't want to ask, but Isaiah was like, Listen, God gonna show you a sign. And this is how you gonna, you know, this is this is how you're gonna they're gonna know about Christ. This is how he's gonna be. 
So if he can do that, if God can give Ahaz a sign, if God can give Noah the sign, the rainbow, the original rainbow is a sign from God saying, I'm not going to destroy the earth by water anymore. There are so many accounts in the word of where God is giving signs. And that does not make you less of a believer that you need a sign or you're asking God for a sign. I ask him for a sign all the time. God has the power to do that. And if he allows us to come to him and be open and honest with him, he will do that. Now, listen, I want you to to be clear on something, okay? If you ask for a sign and God doesn't deliver the sign, that doesn't uh, take away from God's power and his capability and what he's able to do. Uh, so make sure you're clear on that. And I don't mind asking for a sign. I don't feel no ways tired about it, but I want you to think about this. So I, (laughs) I asked, I remember I asked God for a sign and I was like, God, I want to dream about this. And when I dream about this, I know this is what you're telling me I need to do. Right. It was very specific about the dream. So I went to sleep and then I woke up. (laughs) And when I woke up in the next morning, y'all, I ain't even remember what I had dreamed about. I had no recollection of what I dreamed of. And now, you know, sometimes you can have a dream and you remember it to a T. Then sometimes you'll have a dream and you remember bits and pieces. I didn't remember anything, but that didn't take away who God was because what I realized after the fact, you know, as the weeks or the days continued, God had already showed me numerous times that what he, what it was that I was supposed to be doing. But my fear of failure was so strong that it kept me from moving forward in my faith and trusting what God had already shown me. And so that brings us to our second practical point. Our second practical point is to trust what God is telling you. Whatever God's showing you, whatever he's telling you, it's our responsibility to trust it if we say that we believe in him, if we say that our hope is in him. When you trust something or someone, that means that you have a solid belief in the truth and the ability and the and the strength of that person or that thing. Um, for an example, you trust the ground to not cave in under you when you walking down the road, right? You trust that when you lay in that bed, that it's going to hold you up and you're not going to fall because the, the posts, uh, you know, they cave in and they, they, they fall under. You trust that you trust that whenever you take that card out your or wallet that whenever you go to swipe it, that it's going to pay for whatever that purchase is, right? Those are things that we trust. And so we have a being, a, a entity, a God who can supply all of our needs. Why are we not trusting him? Why do we give the ground that we walk on more belief than we give God, right? So here you got Midian now 
like he done told the angel, you know, I need you to show me a sign. But first, look, I want you to stay here for a minute. I got to go do something. I'm going to go get something. I'm bringing it to you. So just, just stay there for a minute and wait. And so then he goes and he gets a, a, a kid. I think it's like a goat um, and some unleavened bread. And uh, and he gets like some little broth from a pot and he gets all this stuff and he brings it and presents it to the angel of the Lord. Right. And so as he brings it to the angel of the Lord, he um, makes this this little pile of rocks and he sits it all on the pile of rocks and he takes the the broth and he pours it over like kind of like gravy. Right. He just poured a gravy <laughs> all over the the unleavened bread and, 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 the, and the meat. Right. And so then the angel of the Lord takes his staff, which is like a, uh, if you, if you think of a shepherd, you think of like this long stick. Some of them curve at the top, but he takes this staff and he touches, you know, the, the pile and the food that Gideon has there and the rocks, it, they catch on fire and it consumed the unleavened bread and the, the meat and the, angel leaves out of Gideon's sight, right? And so now Gideon was like, okay, yeah, this is the angel of the Lord. This is what he's saying to himself. You know, alas, oh Lord, oh God, um, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Now he's seen the angel of the Lord face to face, but he ain't seen God face to face, but this is still a representative of God. So in his mind, and even in our mind, if God sends an angel, like this is God telling us something, right? And so this is where he is. And, and, you know, and the, the angel says, you know, peace be unto you, you know, fear not, you're not going to die because like I said, you don't see the face of God and, and live. It just doesn't happen. And so Gideon then goes and he builds an altar right there and he calls it Jehovah Shalom. And it's there until this day. And so the what another thing that Gideon was responsible for doing was there was this bullock. There was uh, the angel of the Lord told him, hey, I want you to get two bullocks from your daddy. Right. I think one of them was seven years old. And I want you to throw them on the altar. One of them you're going to put on the altar and then one of them you're going to take to pull down the altar of Baal, which is a false God that your daddy and them done um, built up and you're going to cut it down. Right. And so. Uh, Gideon like, uh, remember, now I told y'all Gideon don't believe that he's courageous. Gideon's scared. And um, the angel also gave him directions as to what to do with the the other uh, bullock, you know, and how to uh, make it a burnt sacrifice and how to do the wood and, and all those things. It was it was very informative of everything that Gideon had to do. But here's the thing. Remember, I told you, all Gideon's scared. You want me to go do what now? These the I'm the I already told you I'm the least of these in my family. And you want me to go and tear down that altar and all these font people coming and they are uh, worshiping this, this false God and, and this bell and this, that, and the other. But yeah, that's what I want you to do. We have to trust what it is that God is telling us to do because God is the one that does not fail. God is the one that supplies us with everything that we need to uh, accomplish the task that he's given to us, 
right? God can can do all things that we need. And if we put our trust in him, there's absolutely nothing that we can't do. Trusting God means that I surrender unto you, God. It means that I will relinquish control no matter how bleak, how dim or how dark it looks. It means that I have a strong belief in your ability to do all things, God, because you sit high and you look low and I have faith in you. Remember Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him who was him, God, and he shall direct our path. He's going to do it. The precept is, the condition is, he will direct our path if we trust in him with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. What does that mean? That means we got to let the control go. Yeah, it is a little scary sometimes not knowing. Yes, a little scary. Because a lot of times what we try to do, we try to help God out. (laughs) I know I do. Look, I'm being real, y'all. Sometimes it's like God to be like, I, I know that is God. I feel it in my spirit that this is God showing me this and telling me this. And I'm actually in a process like this right now. Every time I get in the middle or I get involved or I try to help along, help God along by, I may send a text message or a phone call, or I might initiate some type of contact or I might go and try to, to do this and do that or try this business venture or something like that. And God's like, nah, nah, sis, sit down somewhere. This is what I want you to do. These are the steps that I want you to do, right? I've prayed. I've asked for signs. I've done that. And and then he shows it to me. How does he show it to me? Maybe I'm reading his word and woo, there's a little bit of confirmation. Okay. Then maybe I turn on a sermon or something. Boom. It talks about the exact same thing that I just read that I was just praying to him for. There's another bit of confirmation. Then I go to church or something, or I'm listening to a song. Boom. That's another and another. And it's like, God is telling me, I got you, right? Maybe I asked him for a sign and he didn't give me the sign, but all these different things are in place to where he's showing me those things. That means I'm not leaning to my own understanding because I wanted that sign. The the, the thing that I wanted was for you to look when I went to sleep and I woke up, I needed what I asked you for to be in that dream. God, that's what I wanted. That was my sign. But I got to relinquish that idea of me controlling the narrative because God's like, I got you. I don't have to give you that sign because I've already showed you time and time and time again that this is what I have for you. That This is what I'm going to do for you. So you got to trust the process. You got to trust what it is that I, God, am telling you. Because you've asked me for a sign, but I've given you more than a sign. I've given you confirmation after confirmation. And if you're being honest with yourself, if you're capturing your fear and releasing your confidence, if you're believing in the power of my son, Jesus Christ, that's within you each and every day, if you're walking through and working through your fear, if you're telling me how you truly feel, and if you're not letting what it is that, um, that where you've come from or what it is that you've come from, keep you from progressing. If you've done all the, all of those things, then you have to trust what it is that I am telling you and know that you trusting me with all your heart will allow me to direct your path.
So our third and final practical point is to remove distractions and find a support system. Guys, this one is huge, okay? It is imperative that we start to get rid of the things that are distracting us and latch on to supportive people and supportive groups, right? Find that support system. See, the first thing that the angel said to Gideon was that, and this was when the angel was telling him what the purpose was that God had created him for, right? Which was to save his people. And the angel built Gideon up with positivity and encouragement, telling him that he was a mighty man of valor. He was a courageous man. And that with the strength that Gideon had, that God was going to use him. But see, the first thing that Gideon was responsible for doing before he could even move forward in his purpose of helping his people was to do what? Remove the distractions of the false God. When I tell y'all that blessed my soul, it really did. The distractions sometimes are tools that the enemy uses to prevent us from relinquishing control, from fully fully surrendering to God, and from fully trusting God. And I ain't going to lie to y'all. Sometimes we are our distractions, right? I want you to think about it. Um, think about that one thing that keeps you unfocused, that takes up your time and your thoughts, that, you know, just occupies your mind and keeps you in a rut of doing everything else other than what it is that you were created to do. I mean, maybe it's social media. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's bad habits. Maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe you know, you're the distraction, but every single one of us gets distracted in some way or another. You know, you think about it, you're about to go, you know, you're about to go do a project or whatever, and then you get a phone call and now you're distracted about by this conversation that's going on, or you're going to your email, but then you get a Facebook notification or an Instagram or, or Snapchat notification and you get caught up, right? Or maybe you're about to go to sleep and you get on TikTok just for a minute. And next thing you know, you four hours deep into TikTok. And lastly, maybe it's a relationship that you want more than anything, but now's not the time for it. But you continue to drown yourself in trying to control the narrative and do this and do that and do this. But God's telling you to chill out. I got this. Just leave it alone. But you're distracted by the things that you feel like you need to do to make it work. See, Gideon, he went and found him a support system. He took 10 of his servants and he went and tore down that altar of Baal that God, the angel told him, you know, that he needed to do. And the thing is, Gideon went at night because he was still scared. He wasn't there yet. Yes, the angel was, you know, putting that positivity and that encouragement in him, but he wasn't there yet. That lets you know that it's okay. It's going to take time to build yourself up to where you need to be. But when the God tells you something and God says, I got you, he got you. So Gideon went by night with his 10 people, right? I got my people with me. <laughs> Right. He took his people and he went and honey, when them people woke up 
uh, and saw that that altar was gone and that another one was there, they were 38 hot at Gideon. I mean, they didn't know it was Gideon right away until somebody asked who did it. And then, you know, they realized that it was Gideon, that he was the one that was was responsible for it. And they was upset. They were pissed. They were teed off. They went and knocked on Gideon's daddy's door. Boom, 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 boom. Send your son out because we about to kill him. He about to die. And Gideon daddy, his name was Joash. So we're going to call him Mr. Joash, right? <laughs> Mr. Joash said, why, why are y'all defending Bell? So y'all going to argue Bell's case? Because I mean, he a God, isn't he? Ain't he supposed to be a God? So then Mr. Joash was like, well, whoever pleased Bell's case for him, guess what? Y'all going to be put to death by the morning because if Bell is a God like y'all say he is, like y'all say he is, let him defend himself and let him destroy who broke down the altar. Right. Let him vouch for himself. And after this, they call Gideon. Uh, I think it was Jeroboam. And that means. Uh, uh, let Bell defend himself because Gideon was the one that was responsible for tearing down Bell's altar. We got to do what John 3 and 30 says. It tells us that God, that Christ must increase, but I, me, you, we must decrease. When God increases in us, when we allow Christ to increase in us, that gives us what we need to trust in what it is that he's telling us to do. How does God increase in us? <laughs> we read more. We study more. We pray more. We apply the principles and the precepts that the word has given us. The, the principles that I'm giving you guys, these are the things and the tools that I feel like God has given me. And I'm sharing them with you. Once we do these and we make these uh, habitual things that we do over and over our habits, then we have a leg to stand on, guys, right? Sometimes we have altars, distractions, um, false idols, things that we've built up in our own lives, on our own lives with an S, I'm sorry, that we worship more than God and don't even realize it. It may be money. It may be the chase for fame and for clout. It may be sex, right? It may be pride. I mean, the list goes on and on. We get caught up in the tangible or the superficial things of day in and day out. And we put more energy and more time and more dedication, even more efforts into these things. And they become distractions. They become altars. And they keep us from doing what we need to do. And next thing you know, we're on a whole nother course instead of where it is that God has taken us. And now we fell victim or we've allowed our fear, fear of failure to consume us instead of moving forward in our faith from the very one who supplies us with everything that we need. So our scripture of the moment is going to come from Matthew chapter six, verse 19 through 21. And I'm going to read you guys the ESV version. That's the English standard version. Okay. It says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. 
but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, And then the second one is Romans chapter eight, verse five. And it says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on things of the spirit. Guys, if we apply these scriptures to our everyday life and ask God to ask God for a sign, ask God to reign over us, right? If we trust what he's telling us and what he's showing us, and if we remove the distractions and the altars and the false gods, and we find a support system, all these different people and different um, uh, situations that are trying to support us in our endeavors to fulfill our purpose, then we're going to be able to effectively conquer our fear and continue to move forward in our faith. But it starts with us. We got to get rid of a lot of stuff, guys. We got to break down those altars in our hearts and in our minds and really, really, really push forward in our faith. So in conclusion, I want you to know just how much I appreciate you for tuning in to Encourage Your Heart and spending just a few moments with me, Felicia. You could have tuned in anywhere else, but you're here with me and I am grateful to be your voice of encouragement for today. Listen, this is the start of a new week. Follow the practical points that we discussed today and apply them to your life. These are tools that will help you get through each and every moment, any moment that may come up. Encourage Your Heart is a weekly podcast ready, willing, and able to uplift your mind, your spirit, and your heart. You can find us on social media at Encourage Your Heart or Just a Few Moments with Felicia. So make sure that you follow us. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to rate us. Don't forget to comment. And don't forget to follow. We can be found on pretty much any podcast app. And if no one's told you today, I want you to know that I love you. Thank you so much. And remember, all is well and all that's not well shall be well in the name of Jesus. And don't you think about forgetting that moment by moment we heal together.